welcome to The Simple Business Show. I'm your host, Nisha, an online business coach, boat lifer, and 11-year traveling entrepreneur. I built a six-figure online business in my 20s while working three days a week and traveling the world. I started out as a brand and website designer, and now I help freedom seekers make a full-time income online through their own business without working full-time hours so they have the time, location, and financial freedom to live their dream lifestyle. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My voice is a little bit croaky because I have just finished my office hours. So uh, Monday, Wednesday to Friday, I do office hours of Voxer coaching with my one-to-one clients which I find so much fun and really like fulfilling that I get to help people on a deeper level. So I have my office hours Wednesday to Friday where I talk with my clients over Voxer and I coach them through whatever they are struggling with right now or the goals that they have and the plans that we've created together for their business. And I do things like I've just recorded a review of someone's webinar slides, a review of a sales page, a review of a a free email course. So my voice is a little bit hoarse, I apologize. But today I wanna talk about three lists that can help you to redefine what success means to you and help you find your why. I recently actually just got back from a trip, a solo trip away. I went and stayed in this off-grid, beautiful, beautiful off-grid cabin in the woods in Devon and I'm not gonna lie I was quite anxious for the first few days I was feeling quite anxious and not really enjoying myself but then I loved my last few days and all it took was getting present I I find that when I go away at first I can be a bit anxious because I'm in an unfamiliar area on my own and I've lost my routine. And when I lose my routine, I'm more prone to overthinking and anxious thought patterns. And what really helped me to escape that was getting present, swimming in the river, doing things that require my full present attention that I also really enjoy, like filming and cooking over an open fire and things like this. So that really helped me to become present. And from that place, I was able to really just enjoy my trip, enjoy my time, go for hikes. I even went car camping for a day, well, a night and a day after my trip was over because I wanted to stay in the area and explore more and go and stay by the coast. And when I'm in this place of feeling very inspired and feeling just really grateful and positive, that's when the best, you know, ideas come to me, realizations come to me. It's when I get really, I get really reflective. And from this place, all of these truths come up to the surface for me. And I, and all of these epiphanies, and I just, I love being in that space. And I found as well that the best, um, I don't know what the word is for it, it's escaped my mind, but like 
the best circumstance for me to put myself in to get into that place of gratitude and inspiration is solo travel. Like if I am solo traveling, I will always come home with epiphanies and ideas and new dreams unlocked. And every time I solo travel, I guarantee a part of me changes and it's just incredible because it's it's not like I've been away for months at a time on some of these trips. Some of them are a week or less like this one. And yet they change me inside in like really profound ways that I might not have accessed if I had just kept up my normal daily routine. But when I go away and I'm on my own and everything is slowed down and I'm doing things that I love and being truly present for more than a couple of hours a day, that's honestly when the best things and ideas come to me and realizations. And the best quote unquote healing happens. I I really don't love the word healing because it's so overused, but I that's the only word for it is that that feeling that you get where you have, where you truly feel like you're embodying a new lesson that you've learned or you're closing chapters from the past or you've learned how to deal with something in a new way. All of that, I feel like that has happened on this trip. And one of the things I did was I made three lists on this trip. I didn't make them like, I didn't see them most of them, I didn't see them somewhere online. I just felt called to write these things and I find them really helpful. And so I hope that these three lists help you redefine what success means to you, help you find your why, like they did for me. Because these lists, I made them while I was at the beach on my trip away and I just find them so, so helpful in grounding me in the present and helping me hopefully in the future always come back to my why and always remember what success is to me. I really need a glass of water or something let me just go and grab one and I'll come back. Okay I have a glass of water now. So let's dive in. The first list that I made on this this beach was what success means to me in my 30s because I am 29 now and I was actually watching a um, an interview I forget who it's with but I know it was on Stephen Bartlett's uh, YouTube channel and it was about how much research there is that shows that ages that end in nine Whenever someone's at an age that ends in nine, they typically do more drastic things than at any other age. Like um, most marathon runners, for instance, have a nine at the end of their age. Research also shows that there are more affairs that happen and just, yeah, more like drastic changes, like career changes, um, breakups, like you name it. A lot more of the big things in life happen when you're at an age that ends in nine. So I think because I'm at 29, I'm not feeling like I need to make any big changes, um, huge ones anyway, but I am feeling very reflective. I'm feeling very reflective. And I think that it's because 
when you enter a new decade, it hits different. Like the number is symbolic. It's symbolic of an expectation of what your life is supposed to be. And I think it's when people at these ages have to, or are forced to sort of ask themselves, this is what my expectations of this age are. Do I have those things? And I think that it's kind of a good thing. It can be a really good thing to look at. This is what my expectations are of this age. Do I have these and do I still want these? And so I wrote this list of what success means to me in my 30s because I was not so much asking myself, what did I expect to have by 30 and do I have it? And more so asking myself, okay, what would I like to have in my 30s? And if you listened to an episode not too long ago, I'll link to it below in the show notes, where I discussed how I've redefined what success means to me, how I went from seeing success when I was younger as, as meeting the love of my life and getting married to seeing success as feeling whole from within regardless of what I've achieved externally and seeing external accomplishments as things that just add to my joy and add to my life experience, but they don't make my life experience. They don't make my joy or create my happiness. Um, That's my new definition of success. And so from this foundation of defining success as that, I feel like now I could ask myself in my 30s, what things would I like to add to my life that can add to my success, that can add to my joy? And I think that's one of the things that we all would benefit from, regardless of what age we are. I think we would all benefit from asking ourselves in the next 10 years, what does success look like to me? What would I like my life to look like? And... It's really important to, when you write that list, just write whatever comes to your mind. Don't, don't like censor yourself for this exercise. Just write down whatever comes to you. Set a timer if you'd like to, a timer for 10 minutes and just write whatever comes to your mind. For me, I wrote, success in my 30s looks like a secluded, a secluded cottage in the country, a dog, a husband, not living too far from my family, enough where I could see and talk to them regularly, traveling to places I really want to go and staying in epic places that inspire me, having a simple job that feels financially secure with low stress, feeling loved and giving love, helping people in a meaningful way, lots of time in nature, regularly expressing creativity, choosing instead of sitting on the fence about things and committing to imperfect things if they serve me. They don't have to be perfect to serve me. Good friends that I see regularly, connection and community. Living slowly, prioritising peace, routines, being present, having fun and laughing more and feeling resilient and capable and confident. That was my list. Your your list might look completely different. It might look similar. It doesn't matter because everyone's list will be unique to them. 
But what I would then encourage you to do is look at your list and ask yourself, how much of this list is external achievements and material things or stuff? Because I think that asking ourselves that question will really help us to see how much of our list, how much of our unique definition of success is dependent on stuff and achievements and other people. Because from my, just my like humble opinion, my humble perspective, I'm not going to say I'm like, you know, the expert on what success is or should be I think success will be different to everybody and if success is having a big house and car and lots of money and designer bags designer shoes all of those things and that is what brings you joy then that is totally fine and I'm not judging you for that but I would invite everyone to look at their list and see how much of it is based on external achievements and material things. And if it makes up more than 50% of your list, then maybe go back to that list, set the timer for an extra five minutes and then ask yourself again, what would success be for me in the next 10 years? But then add the caveat, what would success be for me in the next 10 years if it couldn't be an achievement or a possession. For me, I looked, the reason that I'm asking this is because in 2021, I've got a, um, like a, it's almost like a bookmark that I use for my journal. Sometimes I use it in my, the books that I'm reading. I'm looking at it literally right now. It says goals at the top. And I wrote down all of my goals and I made it my bookmark so that every single day I could see it. This was back in 2021. And I looked at this bookmark while I was away and I realised the majority of things on this bookmark are achievements or stuff. Things like building my own home, writing a book, falling in love, getting married, making an income from vlogging, living on a narrow boat, um living in Bali, like a lot of these things are not things that come from within. In fact, not a single one of these things are things that come from within. They're all outside of me. And that's totally fine. It's fine to have goals that are outside of you. It's fine to want things like to get married and to own a dog and and all of these things. But I realised that 2021 me was placing too much, and that was 20, hang on, how old was I in 2021? (laughs) I'm 29 now, so I was 27 then. And 27 year old me was still placing too much importance on the things outside of me and not much importance on the things inside of me. There's only one thing on that entire list that came from within, and that was um, healing my OCD. Everything else was an achievement or it was a thing or it was something outside of myself. And so that's why I felt called to create this new list of what success means to me in my 30s. And now when I look at this list, 
yes, there are still external things and achievements and stuff on my list, like a cottage in the country, a dog and a husband. But there are also so many more things on my list now that come from within and that are completely within my control, like routines, fun and laughter, feeling resilient, capable, confident, helping people in a meaningful way. And there are things on this list as well that are just really simple joys that are not big, showy achievements, you know? Like they aren't things like getting married or buying a cottage. They're things like spending time in nature and spending enough time with my family and feeling loved and giving love. That's, and living a simple life, living a slow life. And so I'm much more happy with this definition of success than the one, the sheet that I wrote when I was 27 that was just mainly built of goals outside of myself and achievements and things. So I encourage you, write down what success means to you in this next decade of your life. And if more than 50% of it is achievements and material things, have another look and add some things to that list that purely come from within you or are small joys that just bring you a sense of success and fulfillment right now and can still do that for you in years and years to come. So that's the first thing. Write out what success means to you in this next decade, regardless of how old you are. The next thing to do is, this isn't so much a list, although it kind of is, but I like to call it my purpose statement. And this is a statement that sums up what your purpose is. And it's something that you can come back to again and again. And you can change, of course, but it's something that comes from the inspired, grateful, joyful part of you that you can ground yourself in whenever you're feeling lost. So for me, I wrote this when I was feeling really inspired, really grateful, really joyful, when I was on that beach. And so I would really encourage you, don't write this or don't try to force your purpose statement from a place of feeling anxious, tired, overwhelmed, burned out. Wait until you're feeling the joy, you're feeling alive, you're feeling inspired by life, and then just start writing and see what comes to you. Write down, my life's purpose is, and then write whatever comes to you. The reason that I'm encouraging you as business owners to do this is because a lot of business owners feel that they're purpose should be met through their business and their work and that's a lot of pressure to put on your work (laughs) that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself on your business because for me my truth when it comes to what my purpose is is that my purpose is multi-dimensional and it does not just depend on my business and my work and I think that's I mean, I'm not, like I said, a purpose expert or anything, but I would say it's the same for most people. Your purpose is going to be multidimensional. Your purpose is going to be more than one thing. And when we put 
a lot of pressure on one thing to be our sole purpose in life. I think that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself and on that thing. And it just feels better. It feels more right to me to create a purpose statement that is more than one thing. So my purpose statement, to give you an example, is my life's purpose is to live from a place of love, not fear, to be present, creative, wild, adventurous, to feel free, connected and grateful, to give and receive love, to choose and love imperfection, to take risks, fail and make mistakes because mistakes prove that I am living, to live an intentional life that I love, that is guided by my joy and not society shits. And in doing so, inspire others to do the same. Let me just have a sip of water right now. I'm sorry if that was like a really loud sip as well. (laughs) But we're all unique people and your purpose statement is not going to be the same as mine. There might be some things that are the same, but it's not going to be the same as mine. It's not meant to be. My purpose statement comes from really deep within. And I'm going to break it down and explain where it comes from. When I say my life's purpose is to live from a place of love and not fear, it's because I have spent the majority of my life living and making choices from that place of fear. And I strive the best that I can nowadays not to do that, to make choices from a place of growth and love and to live from that place. Because living from a pra- from a place of fear, all it does is give you anxiety, have you worried all the time and Life is not for worrying because if you spend the majority of your time worrying, you're not going to be living. And that is not what I want. So that's why I wrote that. I wrote to be present, creative, wild and adventurous because like I explained earlier in this episode, when I am those things, when I am encapsulating those things, like on solo trips, I become present, creative, wild and adventurous. And that that is when I feel most myself and I feel most alive. I don't have to be on a solo trip to feel those things. What's most important is being present, creative, wild and adventurous. If I can tap into those things, then that's when I feel most myself. Then I wrote to feel free, connected and grateful because I have realised over the past year that connection matters and people matter and we can't do life alone and we're not meant to. But I am an introvert and I am naturally inclined to be on my own and do things by myself and be independent. And I'm realising that it's going to take conscious effort to be different and to prioritise connection because it doesn't come naturally to me, but it is important. To choose and love imperfection, I wrote that down because I am someone who I think subconsciously, until recently, subconsciously expects perfection of people. Not everyone, but like 
I think I subconsciously, for a lot of my 20s, expected perfection of myself, of other people, and of organisations and and things like this. And I need and have been making space for imperfection. And when I make space for that and I actively choose that, that is when I can feel more connected. That's when I feel the most connected because when you're expecting perfection and not getting it because perfection doesn't exist, that's when you shut off and you disconnect from people, from communities and so on, in my experience. I wrote to take risks, fail and make mistakes because mistakes prove I'm living and I wrote that because I uncovered this, again, on a solo trip because I'm very, I'm my most reflective when I am solo travelling. On a solo trip, I realised that I'm afraid of making mistakes. And because I'm afraid of making mistakes, of getting things wrong, of making the wrong choices, I will very often not make a choice or not commit to a choice because of that fear of getting it wrong. And I learned that actually making mistakes is a good thing because mistakes and failures prove that you took a risk. They prove that you tried, even if you weren't 100% certain, they proved that you, despite uncertainty, took a risk to live your life. And you took a risk that you were hoping would pay off and bring more to your life, bring more fulfillment, more joy, whatever it is that you're seeking to your life. And that is living. And so mistakes just prove that you are doing your best to live. And as long as you're doing your best to live, mistakes couldn't have been a bad thing. Not unless you actively knew you were making a mistake in the moment, which, you know, most people don't. So, And then I wrote down, to live an intentional life that I love, that is guided by my joy and not society's shoulds, and in doing so, inspire others to do the same. Because, let me just have another sip of the water. (laughs) Also, by the way, side note, I'm totally living up to or trying to live up to my purpose of choosing and loving imperfection by recording this episode with a croaky voice because, you know, I might have chosen not to and to wait until another day, but I'm feeling inspired now and I'm feeling like talking about this now and a croaky voice is not going to stop me from doing that. So yeah, so I wrote to live an intentional life that I love, that isn't guided by society's shoulds and inspire others to do the same because I've always gained a lot of satisfaction by inspiring other people and by watching other people who are living their best lives. That's one of my favourite things to do. I've realised lately that my favourite people to follow on YouTube and Instagram are the people who are living their dream life, who have taken risks and are living an unconventional life and being brave and are happy. And I just love to watch those people. And so I realised 
I love watching those people and I love being one of those people. And I think that that is one of my purposes, is to live the most intentional life that I can, that is not guided by fear, but it's guided by joy, that isn't guided by other people's expectations of me. And when I'm doing that, and I'm sharing that with the world, then I am also, as like a byproduct, inspiring other people and giving them permission to do the same thing, to live their dreams, even if those dreams are unconventional and they don't abide by other people's expectations or society's shoulds. So I wanted to break that purpose statement of mine down and explain those points, break them down sentence by sentence for you so that you can see that my purpose statement really means something to me. Every single line in the statement means something to me and is connected to my experiences in life. And your purpose statement needs to do the same thing. So don't just copy mine or copy somebody else's. Really, when you're in like an inspired place and you're feeling good, really ask yourself, you know, what have I learned is most important to me in my life? What have I learned are the feelings that I want most? What have I learned I need to do more of and do less of? What have I learned that I need to embrace instead of avoid? Because these are the questions that will help you craft a purpose statement that really speaks to you and to your quote unquote soul. I know some people get triggered by that word, but like, you know what I mean? That speaks to who you are inside your inner you. And the final list that I suggest, or not suggest, but I would invite you to make if you would like to, is a list that is one page separated in two. And on one side, write down, I am fueled by. And then on the other side, write down, I am drained by. And if you're not always drained by something and you're just sometimes drained by it, write down, I am sometimes. Or sorry, not I am sometimes, but under the I am drained by header, you can write down sometimes and then write the thing. So like for me, sometimes I'm drained by YouTube, sometimes I'm not, by like watching it I mean and going down that rabbit hole. So I wrote down in the, in the drained section, sometimes YouTube, because that way I know this isn't something that I need to cut completely out of my life. It's just something that I need boundaries around. But yeah, write down what fuels you and what drains you. And this is a really simple exercise that will help you to remind yourself of the things that give you joy and energy, the things that you can hopefully add into your daily life more, and the things that drain you that you might want to consider either putting boundaries around or eliminating from your life completely. Or if that's not possible, just doing your best to minimize. 
So for me, I wrote down things that fuel me are things like reading fiction, walking in nature, bodies of water, travel, film, photography, dogs, routine. And then in Drained, I wrote down sometimes YouTube, sometimes social media, fast-paced living, anxiety, fear, And I also wrote down some limiting beliefs that I know that I still need to work on that are threaded throughout my entire life. (laughs) But actually, if I can really work on reframing those and believing the opposite would have wildly big impacts on my life and how I feel and how I operate. So I hope that these three lists will really help you to redefine your version of success, to help you find your purpose and your why, and to help you really have a concrete look at what fuels you and what drains you, and how you can do more of what fuels you and less of what drains you so that you can feel better on a day-to-day basis. My final like bit of encouragement for this last list, the fueled versus drained list, would be whatever you've written on the fueled list, go ahead and write next to it whether you could make this a daily, weekly or monthly action and then actually schedule those things wherever it is that you personally make your your to-do lists and your monthly, weekly, daily to-do lists, try and schedule those things actually on your to-do lists because the more you do the things that spark life in you, the less tired that you will feel and the more happy you'll feel as well. So I'm going to stop talking before my voice completely goes, but I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I did not intend for this to be quite a long one or quite as actionable as it is, but I hope that this has brought you some exercises that you can do that will really hopefully help you to redefine success for you and to feel happier overall. And if you find you found this episode helpful, do leave a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts because that would really help. Um, and on Apple Podcasts, you can also leave a review. So please do leave a five-star rating and review. I would be very grateful. If you'd like to work together one-to-one, I have a one-to-one coaching program called Momentum Coaching that I will leave the link to below in the show notes. I also have a couple of courses, one that helps you create systems and processes and organize your business so that you can stop stressing and start amazing your clients. And I have another course, Simple Sales School, that teaches you how to book clients consistently and start scaling to 5k months. So I'll leave all of those links below. Those are the ways that I can help you further and more deeply. I hope that you have a wonderful day and I'll speak to you next time.